This is Scott, host of the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast and Black author. You could get all three of my books. My first book, Systematic Racism and Capitalism, Alliance of Oppression. My second book, Hypocrisy in America, The Veil of White Supremacy. And my third book, my first novel, Exodus 2035, all available on Amazon.com and Amazon Kindle. If you don't have a Kindle, you can download the Kindle app to your smartphone or tablet, and you can access those products. Thanks for listening. Um, don't forget you and you network. You can find that on Instagram, you and you underscore network, where you can find all the shows uh, under the you and you network. Shout out to the you and you network. You know what I'm saying? And all those podcasts that's on you and you network. Thank for the you and you network. The head brothers at you and you network. You can check out the socials at you a n d u underscore network is a taliban takeover of afghanistan now inevitable no it is not because you have the afghan troops have three hundred thousand well equipped as well equipped as any army in the world and an air force against something like seventy-five thousand taliban it is not inevitable Hundreds of Afghans running alongside and trying to grab onto a U.S. Air Force jet as it attempted to take off. At least three people died after falling to their deaths while clinging on to a U.S. plane. Another died on the tarmac. Afghans stormed Kabul's airport in a desperate attempt to flee the country following the Taliban's ability to control or take control of the capital, Kabul, over the weekend. This follows the US troop withdrawal after 20 years in this war, this forever war in Afghanistan has finally come to an end. Welcome back to the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. You can find this podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Google Play, Everybody should be following me on Instagram at unprocessed underscore knowledge. Shout out to the UNU network. Everybody should be following that on Instagram. U-A-N-D-U underscore network. Click the link tree in a bio and you get access to all podcasts under the network. Full slate of shows putting out content daily all the time. We stay on the grind. Shout out to a taste to consider podcast. Separate the two podcasts. My brothers, three stars, two bars podcast. That is for adults only. Codachine, the newest addition to the family reservation for three. Man, they getting off to a strong start. They got great chemistry great conversation it's a great dynamic fantastic show great addition to the family as i said follow us follow all the shows get the full schedule in the opening clip that was president biden back in april when he was asked about the u.s troop withdrawal from afghanistan you know do you think that the taliban will take control of the country of afghanistan he said, no, not going to happen. Those guys is well trained. Their military is strong. We're withdrawing our troops. It's been 20 years. We getting out of there. Well, as we all know, this week, the Taliban has taken control of the country of Afghanistan. This is a historic military collapse. All right, guys, context is important. I'm going to slow walk this. 
I know we got a lot of listeners that have heard what's going on. You can't avoid it. It's all over the news. But you may not clearly get the get the full picture of what's happening in Afghanistan right now. That's fine. I'm here to help you. Here's something everybody needs to understand. Afghanistan is a country. It's not just a city. Right. It's not just a few neighborhood blocks. This is an entire country that the Taliban has taken control of the government. They own it now. Like I said, context is important and I'm a slow walk this. The country of Afghanistan has been at war since 1978. All right. Keep that in mind. I'm going to come back to this. Everybody knows what happened 20 years ago, September 11th. We're coming up on the 20 year anniversary of September 11th in a few weeks. As a direct response to September 11th, the United States military sent troops into Afghanistan and Saudi Arabia under the guise of this is a military response to what happened September 11th. When they went into Afghanistan 20 years ago, the Taliban had control of Afghanistan, United States military fought them off and they also invaded Saudi Arabia looking for weapons of mass destruction, saying that Saddam Hussein, he's hiding nuclear missiles in the desert. And if these terrorist groups get them, they'll have nuclear weapons to use against the United States. Of course, we know they found no weapons of mass destruction. They did find Saddam Hussein hiding in a spider hole in the middle of the desert. They dug him out and, and turned him over and they hung him in, in, in the middle of town square. The United States troops have been in Afghanistan for the last 20 years, fighting off the Taliban, training the Afghanistan army. They have supplied them with weapons. They have supplied them with military training. United States soldiers have been side by side with them for the last 20 years. Joe Biden says, all right, look, we can't stay there forever. We've been there for 20 years. We've trained these guys. We've given them tanks, weapons, body armor, funding, training. We think this army is strong. We think these guys can hold their own. We are pulling the troops out. They pulled the troops out on a Friday. And by Monday morning, the Taliban had taken control of the government. This is a historic military collapse the Afghanistan army turned over the government with literally over a weekend <sighs> context is important back during Vietnam when the United States troops when the United States troops left Vietnam the southern Vietnamese government they held on for two years before they collapsed but they held on for two years after the United States troops pulled out during World War II when the Nazis invaded France, France fought the Nazis for five weeks before they surrendered. They fought for five weeks. Then Germany took over the French government. The Taliban took over the Afghanistan government over a weekend, two days. As soon as the United States left, they had it. It was theirs. Now, over the last 20 years, the United States government has invested 90 billion dollars in Afghanistan. 90 billion dollars. So not only does the Taliban have control of the government over there, all of the weapons, all of the tanks, 
all the bombs, all the body armor that the United States government gave the Afghanistan army, it all belongs to them. It's all theirs. They came in and they took it. So the question has to be asked, who is the Taliban and where did they come from? Now, remember, I told you the country of Afghanistan has been at war since 1978. From 1978 to 1989, Afghanistan was at war with Russia. It's called the Afghan-Russian War. This is during the Cold War era, right? What, what's the Cold War? You may have heard that. You don't know what it is. The Cold War is a term used because for about 50 years, there was a, a secret war between Russia and America. They call it the Cold War because neither country fired one shot towards the other, but they would work through other countries to stifle the interest of the other. What does that mean? Anytime Russia or America had a beef with another country, a military operation, let's say during the Russian-Afghan war, Russia was at war with Afghanistan. America went to Afghanistan and put the battery in their back to help them fight Russia. The same thing happened in the Korean War. The Korean War was between North Korea and South Korea. Russia supported North Korea. America supported South Korea. It was really a war between Russia and America. During the Vietnam War, Russia supported one side. America supported another side. It wasn't really about the people of Vietnam. It was really about Russia and America. That's the Cold War, right? They were supporting each other's adversaries. During the Russian-Afghanistan War, America was supporting the Afghanistan rebel fighters. Why? Because they were fighting against Russia. How did they support them? They gave them money. They gave them weapons. And they even gave them training. Now, eventually, the Afghan freedom fighters, which is what they called them at the time, the Afghan Arab fighters, they eventually beat Russia. They defeated the Russian military. Now, during this time, Russia and America was competing as to which military was the greatest military force on Earth. So when you defeat the Russian military, that's a big win because that's not an easy win at all. Now, who were the Afghan Arab fighters? They were a bunch of people from that area, from that area who lived in Afghanistan. Not all of them were soldiers. A lot of them were what, what, what we would call uh, mili- uh, militia groups, right? Like we have all these, cr- <laughs> like we have militia groups in America. They were militia groups who were organized, who came up to fight against the Russian army from invading Afghanistan. And one of the biggest organizers of the Afghan Arabs was a very wealthy man from Saudi Arabia called Osama bin Laden. So back in the 70s and mid 80s, the United States government actually worked with Osama bin Laden, right? I, I, you heard that name from 9-11, right? Well, back in the late 70s and early to mid 80s, he had a partnership with America because he was organizing and funding and supporting the Afghan Arab fighters who were fighting Russia. And America hated Russia because this was the Cold War, so they worked with him. After Afghanistan defeated Russia, Osama bin Laden formed Al-Qaeda because he used the funding, he used the weapons, and he used the training that he got from America. And of course, 11 years later, you got 9-11. 
al-Qaeda eventually turns into the Taliban. So these guys ain't no punks. These guys are heavily armed. They are trained. I know we look at them and we see the way they dress. You know, they got sandals on. They got, and they, they walk around with these long guns. And you may look at them and because they're not wearing tactical gear, because they're not wearing the, the standard military uniform, you may think these guys are pushovers. These guys aren't no pushovers. They just took over a country in three days. The Taliban that was organized, supplied, and trained by the United States is regarded as one of the biggest terrorist organizations on earth, if not the biggest terrorist organization on earth, especially concerning radical Islam. This is a monster that America created. Now, mind you, I told you over the last 20 years, America has invested $90 billion in building up the Afghanistan army. All that was taken away in a matter of three days. But when black people in America ask for reparations, they scratch their head and say, oh, who's going to pay for it? Oh, where's the money going to come from? Oh, the American people aren't going to go for that. Look, if you're a taxpaying citizen, that's your money. Did anybody ask you how much uh, of your tax dollars that you want to go to Afghanistan? Did anybody ask you how much from your paycheck do you want to send over to the Afghanistan army? Now, the Taliban, they got all that now. Every last bit of that 90 billion, it's all theirs now. They got it. 40 million black people in America. 90 billion dollars could probably, that's, that's, that's a pretty good start, I think. 90 billion dollars, we'll take that. 90 would a be. If the United States government wanted to do the right thing, they could. If they wanted to play black people reparations, they could. If they wanted to build up these dilapidated school systems, they could. If they wanted to fund better educational resources, if they wanted to fund job core programs, if they wanted to put the resources necessary and economically deprive and systematically economically deprive communities to make things better, they could. They just don't want to. They got the money to do it. Don't ever let them tell you they can't afford it. That's a lot. Let's go to Martha's Vineyard. This straight out of Washington Post. And the headline reads, white boys wrapped a strap around a black kid's neck at summer camp. A vineyard town once answered. A seven-week summer camp at Martha's Vineyard was touted as the place to be for a safe summer of fun activities. From tennis and sailing to drama and arts and crafts. But an incident at the Massachusetts camp last week that was potentially racially motivated has taken both the safety and fun out of summer. See how they use wordplay? Potentially racially motivated. Two white kids try to hang a nigger and maybe race might have something to do with it. The summer camp at Chilmar Community Center has come under fire after officials acknowledged this week that two white children wrapped a strap around the neck of a young black boy in an incident that left the child with abrasions and a community outrage. Two white boys aged eight and nine placed a strap from one of the tents around the neck of an eight-year-old black boy in their group. Jeff Herman, president of the Town Affairs Council, wrote an email to the camp community according to the Martha's Vineyard Times. Herman said the child was otherwise physically unharmed, aside from the abrasions on his neck. That said, we are keenly aware that this event was traumatic, he wrote. Police said in a news release they were unable to charge the children because of their age. The state's criminal justice reform bill in 2018 raised the minimum age of criminal responsibility from 7 to 12, 
None of the children's families have been publicly identified. So at a summer camp up in Martha's Venue, two little white kids, you, you know, made a makeshift, makeshift noose and tried to hang a little black boy. The police showed up and said, well, you know, they're, they're eight, nine years old, so nothing we can do about it. Their parents should be held responsible. Wh- wh- where did these kids get this from? Now, these kids are eight, nine years old. Now, that just f- further evidence that this problem won't be solved once all these elderly white supremacists die out because they got a new crop of them coming. Right. These these two kids are eight, nine years old. and They already try to lynch a nigger. They try to lynch a nigger at summer camp. So they, they teaching their children young. I mean, they, they come out the womb trying to destroy a black baby. My goodness. Now, they try to lynch this little black kid at summer camp. He's probably traumatized for the rest of his life. Police show up and say, oh, well, too bad. Nothing we can really do about this. In the meantime, over in Chicago, a black family has filed a lawsuit against the Chicago Police Department alleging, ain't no alleging, they did it, the officers raided their home by mistake and held them at gunpoint, including including a four-year-old and a nine-year-old girl. Here's what happened. Chicago PD was serving a no-knock warrant, which should be banned. That no-knock warrant is what got Breonna Taylor killed. A no-knock warrant is when the cops do kick in your door with their guns drawn because they, they looking for somebody. So Chicago PD executed a no-knock warrant on the wrong family's house. They kick in this family's door, hold everybody at gunpoint. It's a four-year-old and a nine-year-old little black girls in the, in the apartment, and they stick nine millimeters in their faces. So while the, the, this eight- and nine-year-old white kid is at Martha's Vineyard trying to lynch a nigger, the cops is sticking a Glock nine millimeter in the face of your four-year-old daughter this is what happens in america every day why in the hell do you have a weapons drawn on a four-year-old and a nine-year-old little girl even if it was the right house what what and what is the nine-year-old going to do what is the four-year-old going to do why in the hell you walking in somebody's house guns drawn holding everybody at gunpoint and it's the wrong damn house you dummies speaking of black babies there was a situation down in florida that shout out to oak king johnny from separate to two podcast he actually brought this to my attention very disturbing situation there there's a family down there a sister by the name of shaisha mccardo uh, she was on american idol she has had two of her children taken away by the state you can go to her instagram and pull up her instagram is at shaisha at s y e s h a and you can pretty much get all the details and, and learn more from from what i understand her baby boy amin ra was a, a a breastfed baby and they they took the baby to the hospital to to get more more nutrients and the people at the hospital said that the baby needed a, a B12 shot. Now, the family is saying that they never refused the B12 shot. But the hospital is saying that they did refuse the B12 shot and that put the baby's life in danger. So Child Protective Services took both their kids, from what I understand. They they took their baby boy, Amin Ra, and recently they came, who, who's thir- who was 13 months old, and recently they came. Child Protective Services came and took away their their newborn. So they're they're fighting to get their kids back. You can go to her Instagram 
to learn more, here is a, a clip that they had posted when apparently the local sheriff's office had 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 pulled them over so that child protective services could could get their newborn. Yeah, we're currently detained by Manatee County Sheriff's Department. We're surrounded right now by Manatee County Sheriff's Department, and that's our current situation. And they are wanting us to turn over our newborn. They all have all of our ideas. Don't feel nothing. Do you not feel anything? You guys, I'm human. This is my baby. My baby is days old. And you're taking my baby away from me. You're taking my baby away from me. You have no heart. This is so wrong. Just give her a second. Can you give her a second? Don't make it seem like I'm crazy, okay? We support. This is normal. I know you have children. Sarah. This is my baby. You may not have. So once again, I want everybody to go to her Instagram at S-Y-E-S-H-A. Click the link tree in her bio. She has all types of information on how we the people can get involved. She has a petition up there that you can sign digitally, uh, repost her story. Let's help this garner nationwide attention. Let's help this go viral. Let's help this family get their children back, y'all. Now we can make, you know, the WAP dance go viral. We can make the, the latest Lizzo song go viral. We, we can make all types of silly, you know, insignificant nonsense go viral. But when it comes to something serious, we can all pitch in and we can all help and we can really do something to make a difference to help this black family get their kids back. This is something we're going to have to pitch in and do. If you're really serious, you just can't talk about it. You got to be about it. Let's everybody pitch in and let's do what we can to help this family. Y'all. A brother that I've been following for a long time. Dr. Ali Muhammad, he was recently on Lord Jamar's podcast, and he said this. I'm going to tell you what it is. Let me tell you what it is and break it down really simple for you. When it comes to genetics, genetics is now the graveyard of the human mind. And what I mean by that is they know what's about to happen. What's going to happen is as we develop uh, the labs and the other things, we're going to find out what they've been hiding. So one mm-hmm. fact is you can trace genealogy. Second fact is the genealogy they gave us is completely bogus to hide something very special about black people in America. And I'm when and maybe after this conversation you'll get a better idea, but as we continue to present the facts, you're going to see. Well, I was going to say what what is that special thing about black people the, the in America? The special thing about black people I know is, what it is. Yeah, the special thing about black people is that we have uh, in, in particular pockets among us, the oldest genome in the world, period, hands down. They've already stated it directly and indirectly, but it's going to take a little bit more work. For instance, a few years ago, they were doing testing in South Carolina and they found what's called a, a male haplogroup. All right. A male haplogroup is okay, all the men on the planet, which men are the oldest? And then when you leave certain so called racial groups, the genes get younger. Like if you leave this, what we're calling black people, then you get to the Eurasian, the genes are younger because we have what they have, but they don't have what we have. Let's put it like that. Mm-hmm. All right. So what they found in South Carolina is that they found the oldest gene of any man on earth. So they went back and said, hmm, this is about, with their specs. This is about 
300,000 years older than anything that we ever found in Africa. Why? So they went to Africa and they said, oh, look, we found something that's similar to it in Cameroon, right? So they named the haplogroup AOO. So when they looked at it, they said, well, when we look at genes, we got to find out what's the most recent common ancestor, MRCA. And when they did the specs, if if we all would have came here through slavery, it would have been within a 500 year range. It was 70,000 years to the most recent common ancestor. So that means 70,000 years ago, something happened where some ancestor from the Western hemisphere seeded civilization, particularly in West Africa. So the way that the migrations and other things are done is backwards. It's backwards. And it's backwards for a reason. Now, this is this is when you get into the political interests of science, you get into a whole lot of shit, you know? And so a lot of stuff that is considered mythology that we were taught about Shabazz bringing his family into Africa from somewhere. It, it was baby language. Somebody, whoever taught Elijah Muhammad or Master Farah Muhammad, whoever those groups of people were, they were putting it pretty intelligent. And this is where we got to get out of thinking that we went from primitive to advanced. In a lot of ways, we went from advanced to primitive and climbing back into, into advanced. For those of you who may not have understood what the brother has said, let me break it down to you. Black people are aboriginal to the planet Earth. We are genetically the oldest people on the planet and we have been everywhere. We were everywhere first on this planet. That's not hate speech. That's science. Our warrior scholar, our ancestor, Dr. Ivan Van Cernema, back in the 1970s, he wrote a book called They Came Before Columbus. He could have retitled that book and called it They Came Way Before Columbus because we were everywhere. We were here before slavery. Black people, your history does not start in slavery. The transatlantic slave trade was real. It did happen. But there, there were black people here already in North America, South America, Canada, the islands, the Pacific, the Caribbean, everywhere. We are aboriginal to this planet. Point blank, period. Do you know the Mayan pyramids down in South America Inside those pyramids, they found Egyptian hieroglyphs that were thousands years old. Let me tell you what that means. Ancient Egyptians, that that is documented proof that Egyptians had a trade back and forth. They came to South America. They probably even built those pyramids and they put the Egyptian hieroglyphs in it. Inside South America, there are pyramids with the symbol of uh, King Ramses II, the symbol of Ra. That's his symbol. That's in South America, not just Egypt. Now, let me tell you something. Who were the original pyramid builders? How did they know how to build? How did they learn how to build pyramids in South America? Unless those pyramids was built by black folks that came over here, that migrated. We were everywhere. Let me tell you something. The European tries to use history. He rewrites history and he rewrites science to try to justify his racism. And his racism is built on the premise of black people mentally and genetically inferior which is not true point blank period teach it to your kids because here's what they teaching in school when it comes to genetics they're teaching that the first human being was a white man in africa he stayed out in the sun too long 
His skin got dark. That's how he became a black person. The tribe split. Half the tribe went up in Europe. And then after a few thousand years, their skin reverted back to white. And then they came back down into Africa and colonized. <laughs> That's what they teaching your kids. The first people on this planet w- was all black people, all right? And our brother mentioned Elijah Muhammad in the clip. Shout out to Elijah Muhammad. You know, I got to shout him out every chance I get. This has been another episode of the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. Thanks for listening. Now, this next question I'm going to ask you, my brother. You got to be real careful when you're answering this question. Because be this is the question. You ask the question. This is the question that can put you on the hot seat. It determines on your answer. You ready for this? Because this is a hot topic as well. So being that it's acknowledged that Elijah Muhammad was taught by Farad Muhammad, and being that Elijah Muhammad built on the basis of what he got from Farad Muhammad, built the most progressive movement of black people. Let's let's stop fronting. There was not a man or a movement who impacted the life of black people way the most honorable Elijah Muhammad did. There is no ideology. Nobody's my God. Nobody's I suffer for the master. Nobody's ideology.